Welcome all you sinners and sodomites to episode nine of Bible Stories for Atheists. I'm Josh. I'm Lynn. And we are your guides to the sacredly sadistic stories, literally, literarily littering the Bible. We're wrapping up Exodus this episode. Yes, we're getting to the end of the exit. Yes, the exit us. Such a great joke that I made last time too. (laughs) There's not a lot of Exodus jokes out there. (laughs) So I saw something interesting. Um, I want to call out a cool pastor Um, He seems very cool. Frodo agrees with you. Very cool. Yeah. Frodo has been very loud this episode, so look forward to that. Pastor Keith Marshall put out this this little article, this little op-ed, I guess, in a local newspaper in his town. Um, And it's been getting, it's been blowing up. It's getting shared quite a bit online. Um, And I'm just going to read this out because it's really good. Uh, religious exemption is a term I have heard more in the past three months than the rest of my life combined. Recently, I was asked if Christians should be able to claim religious exemption when public health is in jeopardy. Their question made me ask myself, what does my faith in Jesus Christ exempt me from? Below is a partial list of what came to mind. My faith in Jesus Christ exempts me from putting my wants above the needs of others. So that's point number one. And then here's a little Bible verse to go along with it. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. That's Philippians 2, chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. Um, His second point, uh, so my faith in Jesus Christ exempts me from claiming my freedom in Christ as liberty to act without responsibility. Mm. Yeah. Uh, The verse that goes along with this, uh, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's Galatians uh, 5, verse 13 and 14. Um, And then his final point here is, uh, my faith in Jesus Christ exempts me from refusing to protect the most vulnerable in our midst. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the verse is, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And that's Matthew 25, 40. I've actually, that's one I've actually heard. Yeah. Yep. Before, because it also kind of goes along with like, People who refuse to help homeless people and yes. poor people and things like that. Yep. So. And then he wraps it up with this. Therefore, my religious exemption requires I receive the COVID vaccination to safeguard life and wear a mask to care for my neighbor. Claiming the Christian faith is no justification to refuse these measures. By invoking the name of Jesus to claim exemption, you are using the Lord's name in vain and therefore sinning. Now, you may have your own political or personal reasons not to do so, but please 
stop claiming your faith in Jesus Christ as justification. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to give out props to a, props. a pastor who's Please actually props. who's legitimately standing up for what is right and trying yeah. to be Christ-like. Well, and that goes back know. to the whole thing of like us being atheists and us doing this podcast doesn't mean we think that people who believe in it are jokes. Right. Right. We just realize that a lot of people don't portray what I would imagine to be like the traits of somebody who believed in this stuff. Sure. And that's my oh, that's my biggest problem with it is the hypocrisy involved. Right. Um, and then it's all not real. But yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think the world it, would be a much better yes. place if more Christians actually had that mentality exactly. to to, it, to them. I, I was kind of gonna be. Going into this thinking like, okay, we can then just shit on the so-called Christians who aren't really doing this for Christianity's sake, Mm -hmm. you know. But then I looked up rebuttals to this. And their rebuttal is being forced to wear masks or take vaccinations is oppression. And as Christians, they have to fight that oppression uh, for everybody else's sake. And it just kind of speaks to me about the malleability of Christianity Mm -hmm. and religion in general, really. Yeah. Like, you can twist this stuff to mean whatever you want it to mean. Oh, of course. I mean, you can do that with anything. Yeah. Any any piece of art, which, like, if you think about the Bible as a book, right, it's a piece of art. Yeah. And art is subjective. The Bible is not exempt from that. Right. Uh, Also, it's big. And it's written and translated, right? A long time ago, and it's been retranslated, and then it's been modernized with fresh language and right. stuff like that. So and there's a million translations out there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, and, but I, I've known a ton of religious people in my lifetime, and I can only name a couple of them. You being one of them, and you're not even religious anymore, who's actually read the whole Bible. Yeah. Catholics don't read Bibles. Right. That's what the guy at for front... A long, for that's a long time, you weren't allowed to unless you were a priest. Yeah. Well, that's what the guy at front is for. Yeah. Like, to tell you what the Bible says. Right. Why would I need to read it? <laughs> but really, should read it. Everyone should read it because, you know. Especially, like, if you believe in it. Yeah. You should read it. Well, and even if you don't believe in it, you should know what the people who don't believe the same thing as you believe. Yeah. Like I said, to me, it was interesting just like, you know, how do you decide which one is right? And And what's oppression? Like, who decides what is oppressive? Yeah. Yeah. Getting a vaccine is oppressive now? Yeah. Or having to wear a mask? Listen, I just came back from a vacation in a very warm place. And my lips sweated the whole time. But people there were wearing them. And if they can do it, fucking people in the continental United States certainly can. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, if doctors and nurses are able to wear them for their 12-hour shifts. Yeah. It's completely ridiculous. Yes. You can handle it. If Christianity, if religion was real, it would inform people the same way. Um, there, there are a lot. Let me just put it this way: there are a lot of devout Christians who don't believe in vaccines or mask mandates, and they think that they have religious reasons for that. And there are a lot of devout Christians who are like this awesome pastor 
Keith Marshall, who uh, believe that they really should help out other people. I just love that his name is Keith Marshall. For some reason, when you say that, Pastor Keith Marshall in The Awesome Pastor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's a renegade pastor with nothing but public health on his mind. (laughs) (laughs) This fall on NBC. (laughs) So, you know, it's great that there are folks out there like that, but, but why is it that the religion will lead two different people reading the same book down two different roads, you know? And, um, that's, that's the thing that's tough for me. And, and I really, I don't know that I don't think Christians have a great answer for that. Yeah. You know, um, besides simply saying, well, they're not really Christians, you know, that's kind of some iteration of that yeah. uh, is, is I feel like the response you would normally get when asking about why does, know, why does somebody get a different meaning out of this than yeah. you do? And their answer is because they're not really Christians. Right. That's definitely what the folks who are who are more conservative and everything. That's kind of their response. Like that's that's what they would say about Pastor Keith Marshall ah, is that he's not he, really a Christian, essentially, the, 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 or that he was led astray or something Ugh. along those lines. You know, but I got want to just call out: this is a cool pastor who seems to be truly trying to get the message out about what. You know, if Christ did exist, if God was real, and this is likely what I think God would want you to do, care for other people. Well, it's definitely what Jesus would want you to do. This yes. recent iteration of God, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> the, the one we've been talking about next. <laughs> yeah, maybe not think so much. He cares too much about people. I mean, in that that God, as we're going to cover in this episode, loves thousands <laughs> of people. But that's it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Probably not you. Yeah. Just odds are. (laughs) (laughs) And those thousands of people died a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if he replaces them when we're not like. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. He's got a little ledger. (laughs) Spends every night crossing names off, adding a new name. Like Santa Claus. (laughs) God's got a love list. All right, so we're going to be covering Exodus chapters 24 through 40, which sounds like a lot, but we're going to be skipping a bunch of stuff in there. And this is episode up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA, restart. Are you not having fun doing this anymore? No, I am. That I came oh. out more exasperated than okay. I meant it to. <laughs> I was like, we don't have to do this. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a lot of setup to get everything going. And yeah. Everything. And then finally it's like, all right, it's all done. You right. Know? right. So last we left off, Moses was getting laws from God, including the Ten Commandments. Okay. You remember that? Yep. So God had brought him up onto Mount Sinai to give him all these laws. Right. And everything. Right. Just the 10, right? 
or more. Is that where he got all the laws from? Well, he he got several other laws. We also covered um, uh, social responsibility, like do not allow a sorceress to live. Yep. We also got, um, you know, don't lie to people. Uh, also, don't show favoritism to a poor person in a lawsuit. That was another law. Don't, don't show favoritism to a poor person in a lawsuit? Yeah. Yeah. That seems rather convenient. Like, don't lie for the sake of a poor person. Yeah. We also found out, you know, it's fine to own slaves. Sure. As long as you don't beat them to death. Uh, they just have to not die within a day or two, and then you're fine. Uh, we never find out about him coming back down, I don't believe. So but where we to assume that he's just still up there today? Well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, when we pick up today in chapter 24... Uh, God comes to Moses and says to come up the mountain. Again. Yes. And to bring with him Aaron, yep. his brother, mm-hmm. uh, two uh, of his sons, okay. Aaron's sons, and 70 of the elders of Israel. Okay. Um, but Moses alone is to approach the Lord. Uh, the others must not come near God. Yeah, that seems rather convenient for Moses. Yep. Oh, that's annoying timing. We'll see if we can edit around that. <laughs> <laughs> Moses goes to all the Israelites and lets them know, all right, this is what's going on. We're going to be going up here. Yeah, we're going to be going up here. Um, and they responded with one voice, everything the Lord has said, we will do. I'm assuming is how they said it. And with one voice? Yeah. It's really creepy. It seems super creepy. Like, I'm just picturing a bunch of people just stopped what they were doing. Yeah. Because I'm assuming, like, he came down and, you know, even if he gathered them into a crowd, it's still two million people. Right. Like that video of the crowd singing Bohemian Rhapsody that yeah. we watched earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they, I'm just picturing them all stopping and then opening their mouths and then it just the coming out of their mouths. Right, yeah. They're not actually speaking in like yeah. a weird sort of God possession. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, so so Moses gets up the next morning, builds this altar, has uh, several other several Israelites um, sacrifice young bulls okay. at the altar. And this is kind of an important thing I want to kind of note wherever we talk about young bulls, because that's going to come up in the next episode when we talk about the history of the Bible. So just kind of pay attention to how much this keeps coming up. Young bulls. Young bulls. Okay. Yeah. So then it says, Moses took half the blood of these sacrifices and put it in bowls. And the other half, he splashed against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it to the people. And they responded, we will do everything the Lord has said. We will obey. Mm. Yeah. What's some, the, I'm sorry. What's the book of the covenant again? I don't. Let's see. I'm is trying to remember. Is this the first time it comes up? Or am I just not No, it, it? I think this is. Uh, strictly speaking, 20, this, this is the footnote about it. So I think the footnote is saying that it's. Covered. The stuff that. He we talked about last time oh. the laws that he covered last time. Okay, so now he's just reading them all rules, right? Basically, yeah. Sounds like a great way to spend your day. I guess so. Yeah. Um, and then Moses took the blood and sprinkled it on the people. 
All the people? Yeah. That's a lot of people. Well, I don't know if it's all the people. There's probably the people there. The ones that showed up. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> like at a concert when they spray water on mm. people is my yeah. guess. Well, in so in in I don't know if they do this in other forms of Christianity or whatever, but in Catholicism, the priest will walk down the aisle with this little thing yes. that sprinkles wa- holy water. Yes. Right? So I would imagine that's probably how There's probably you, some sort of tie to the two. How you sprinkle a mass amount of water on people or blood, I guess. Yeah. On people. Aren't you glad that the Catholics aren't spraying blood on people at this point? I would rather go to a church where they were at least like, this is actual blood. <laughs> we're taking this seriously. Yeah. Yeah, we're not pretending here. This body, this body of Christ, it's a, it's a person. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and this is what struck me about this is it's straight up blood magic. You know, if you had come across this in any other religion, you would be like, oh, it's blood magic. You know, it's, it's out there. It's crazy, yeah. you know? Like, Voodoo. yeah, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, you would you would write it off. But because it's part of uh, Christianity, right. you know, in the roots of Christianity, then it's fine. Oh, don't you know, Josh, though, it's figurative. Right. It's not actual blood. No, I think it is. No, it is. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know it is. So Moses and Aaron, Aaron's two sons and the 70 elders, they go up and they saw the God of Israel. And I'm quoting here and saw the God of Israel under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli. Lazuli. Lapis lapis lazul. Lapis lazuli. Lazul. Are you telling me it's lazul? I'm pretty sure that's how I've heard it pronounced. Because there's an I at the end. Mm. And it says it's as bright blue as the sky. But God did not raise his hand against these leaders of the Israelites. They saw God and they ate and drank. Um, the footnote says, by saw God, they meant, but not in the fullness of his glory. Right, you can't look directly at God. Apparently. In the text, it doesn't actually say anything like that. And then the Lord says to Moses, even though they're already up on the mountain, God says to Moses, come up and I will give you uh, tablets of stone with the commandments and having all, and all this stuff written down which makes me wonder what exactly was Moses reading to them earlier. Right. If he didn't have that. Then Moses set out with Joshua, told the elders to wait here, put Aaron and this other guy named Her in charge. Her? H-U-R. Uh, I don't know. We haven't heard of him. Okay. We haven't heard of him. Haven't heard. And then when Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai. For six days, the cloud covered the mountain. And on the seventh day, the Lord called to Moses from within the cloud to the Israelites. The glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Then Moses entered the cloud as he went up on the mountain (laughs) and stayed on the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights. So I can't tell when he goes on the mountain. You know, yeah, and he was up. Uh, he was up there for forty days. Yeah, and forty nights, chilling with God. Apparently, yeah. We don't get to hear what they talked about in the cloud, do we? Um, yeah, we kind of do. Okay, we kind of do. Yeah, we do. Forty but, days and forty nights isn't that the amount of time they wandered 
The desert? No, that that was 40 years. Oh, was the flood? The flood lasted 40 days and 40 nights. Okay. The rains lasted 40 days yeah. and 40 nights. And then Jesus goes into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights What's later. obsession with the number 40? I know. It's an interesting thing. Well, with Jesus, I think the idea was to t- tie him back to Moses. Okay, you so know. he was doing like what my ancestors did, right? Sort because of thing. we're gonna we're gonna see later that he goes up on the mountain for forty days and forty nights, and Moses doesn't eat or drink during that time, which was also what happened with Jesus. He was fasting for forty days okay. and forty nights. So, what does fasting get you? I mean, I don't know XP points with I God. Mean, he's already talking like he's <laughs> he chilling. You, with it, no, God. it gives you mana points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And also, like, if you're already the son of God. Yeah. Like, what does not eating or drinking mean? We'll cover that when we get to to the New Testament, which is going to be coming up. But, but, yeah, for for Moses' 40 days and 40 nights, the thing that is interesting to me about this passage is when does Moses go up on the mountain? It says it, like, a couple different times here that he goes up, and then it's like, and then he went up, and then he went up. Yeah, maybe he yeah. just keeps going up further. Right, I guess, maybe. <laughs> How tall is Mount Sinai? I, we don't know exactly which mountain is Oh, it's Mount not Sinai. a thing that exists today? No, there are Christians who will tell you, oh yeah, we know which one is the mountain, but nobody actually knows. There's, oh. there's traditions about which one is Mount Sinai, but nobody actually knows. I would just assume there was something still called that today. No, because, you know, these people, like, in theory, if they were doing any of this, they were passing through the land. And so it wouldn't necessarily have still kept that name. Yeah. You know? gotcha. Okay. God then tells Moses to have everybody bring offerings to God of gold and silver and all these different kinds of stones and incense and leather and things like that, wood, things like that, right? And what he tells them is, then have them make a sanctuary for me, and I will dwell among them. Make this tabernacle and all its furnishings exactly like the pattern I will show you. And then God gets really anal and starts getting very micromanagey. Yeah, and starts, he does that from time to time. Yeah, yeah. And we get into this whole thing where he starts talking about how to build the Ark of the Covenant. Okay. Which in the last episode, you you mentioned that you weren't even sure if that was a real thing right. or just from Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Ark, but it was a real thing. Okay. I can actually show you in the NIV. That's what it would have looked like. It's basically if you had seen Raiders of the Lost Ark, it's it's not that far off from it. Yeah, they did a pretty good job replicating it. Yeah. Um, what was it supposed to do in Raiders of the Lost Ark? What did it hold? I can't even remember. It's supposed to hold the Ten Commandments. Okay. Um, the or or these two tablets, I think, really is what it is. Okay. The, which is more than the Ten Commandments. They would carry it in front of their armies, and it would destroy you know, oncoming armies. Somehow. Oh. Yeah. So if you're- Like if you're, a laser? <laughs> <laughs> so there are people out there who are like, you know, really conspiracy theory people, people who are watching like the ancient aliens on um, History Channel and stuff like that. They think this might've been a nuclear device that uh, had come from the future. Tech or, or alien something. tech or something like that. Yeah. Just obliterated people in front right. of it. Yeah, I don't. It's it's insane. But there's there's 
What insane, Josh? Yeah. yeah, it's just it doesn't make any sense. But uh, there, there's some stuff I want to cover on this when it comes to the history episode too, because it's really interesting. Like why we don't know whatever happened to it? Because yeah, it just disappeared, right? Or right? It was never there to begin or with. Or it was never there to begin yes. with. Right. So anyway, he's having them build the ark. He's having them build uh, this, I'm reading this upside down now, an incense altar, uh, lamp stand. That's just a menorah. Right. Well, the menorahs, I, apparently, I think in, in the footnotes here, it sounds like menorahs are based on this. Okay. So this is where that first comes from. And then um, a table that they would use for stuff. And <laughs> and then finally, a um, bronze altar, which they would use for burnt offerings. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. And then on top of all that, the tabernacle itself, which is a, like this tent with a couple of rooms to it. Um, one would house the Ark of the Covenant, and the other ones would be for uh, yeah. sacrifices and stuff. Ah, so this is what God told them to build specifically. Yes, very specifically. Um, so I'm skipping some chapters here. Why would he care? Yeah, I know. First of all, why would he want all of those things? Right. And I go back, I think I said this in one of the previous episodes, but like, if you if you are a hardcore believer in God, you believe he's the creator of all things. Yes. So why would he want any of that shit back? Right. <laughs> like you're killing animals he made and like all kinds of stuff he's like i gave it to you i don't want it back right why, like why i just i just don't understand the whole sacrifice thing yeah unless it's people right i can understand why they would think like killing somebody would probably be a, a good offering but right nothing else makes sense yeah it's not a sacrifice to kill a bull I mean, let's be realistic. Unless it's your only bull. Yeah, it's interesting because the way that those would, the way the offerings would work, it sounds like from from reading through this is basically like you're you're doing that so that you know you're you're giving the priests this meat essentially, oh, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 kind of this weird thing where it's like this is how the priests survive is, you know, setting up all these rules around uh, offerings and stuff like that. Like yeah. when you, what, how, much, how much you're supposed to give, what, 10% of your income? That's tithing, which is coming yeah. up actually, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yep. I Continue. Where I left off there was right at the beginning of chapter 25, and then we're going to skip ahead to chapter 31 because everything in between there was how to build the table, how to build the tabernacle, how to build the lampstand, how to build um, the courtyard for it, uh, the priestly garments, the breast piece that priests would wear, the consecration of priests. And then God specifically calls out these two craftspeople by name and says, these are the people that are supposed to... Black and Decker. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great if it was. No, it was, uh, yeah, he calls out these two people by name and says they're the ones that are going to be in charge of building everything, which okay. to me is like, all right, well, that's a little weird. So he goes through all that stuff, and then God goes back to the Sabbath and says, anyone who desecrates the Sabbath should be put to death. Uh, you should cut them off from their people. 
I guess by death. He again says, whoever does not, whoever works on the Sabbath is to be put to death. And then when God was done talking to Moses, he gives him these two tablets uh, of the covenant law inscribed by the finger of God. All right. All right. So God drew on the rock. Yeah. Yeah. Finger paint style. Yeah. And then uh, Moses was uh, so long in coming down from the mountain that all the Israelites are coming up to Aaron and are like, I don't know what's going on with Moses. This fellow Moses is what they say. Uh, We don't know what happened to him. Make us some gods. Okay. And Aaron is like, are you fucking kidding me? Like with everything, do you see the fire on the mountain (laughs) with everything going on? You, everything you've seen so far, you think now we should start reverting to worshiping false gods. Well, also like, why would they go to Aaron and ask that? Yeah. That's the wrong guy to ask. Right. He, it's, this Moses fellow is my brother. Yeah. It's like when you're a kid and and you want to eat cake for dinner, you don't go to mom. Right. You go to dad. Yeah. 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 Sure. (laughs) Do I have to do anything? Yeah. Fine. (laughs) Do I have to make the cake? (laughs) Uh, But no, that's not what he says. Um, He says, take off all your gold earrings and stuff like that. Give them to me and I'll make you a God. Let's make a God. So first he says, what are you, crazy? No, he never said that at all. I was just kidding. Okay. Aaron never says that. He just says, fine? That would make sense if he had been like, what the fuck are you thinking? He's like spoke to God. Yeah. He knows that God's like a legit thing. And then God has a real, real problem with other gods. Right. And yet... He's just like, all right, fine. Yeah. All right. Give me all your gold. We'll make a God. Let's make a God. So he takes all this gold that they give him and they, and he uh, melts it down and he casts (laughs) it. week on false idols. Yeah. (laughs) And he casts it into the form of a calf, fashioning it with a tool, it specifically says. Um, And then they said, so I'm getting, you know, our best guess is that this is, the Israelites saying this, okay. they said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced, tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. Yeah. It's very confusing. It's very confusing. Yes. Now, I will point out, it says even in the footnotes here that these calves were probably a representation of the Egyptian bull god, uh, Apis, for best. APIS. APIS. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So again, these are young bulls. Right. These these calves are likely young bulls. Okay. That are being idolized. Idolized, right? And why the bulls specifically? That's going to be coming up in the next episode. We'll talk about the significance of that. Like why? Why did they choose those? Is that is that what you mean? We'll talk. Yes, about there is a significance to young bulls in this culture that um, is not really talked about. Uh, oh, in here, you yeah. make it sound like it's going to be sexy time. N- no, <laughs> <laughs> like there's some sort of crazy sexual significance to no. the young bulls. Yeah, not really. Okay, not necessarily. I don't know. The next day, they. Uh, 
the people are all partying, basically, doing burnt offerings, and they're singing and dancing and all this kind of stuff. To the Lord. Yeah. After well, making these, or is it to these lords? It says it's a festival to the Lord, but then there's the idol. Yeah. Who knows what's going like, on? This is just who because, knows who's being worshipped? This is just because Moses has been gone for a while? Yeah. Like... It really is. He's just been gone for a little bit of time, and they're like, he's dead. Let's party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really does kind of seem like these people just just really only care about partying, yeah. it seems like. Yeah. But um, so then God says to Moses, your people, which is to me like a parent saying. Your, your child. Your, you child. your child. Yeah. Today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, your people have become corrupt. And uh, he's basically telling them they are stiff-necked. And now leave me alone. Moses tells Moses to leave me alone. I'm going to go destroy them. Mm. Uh, and he says, he basically throws it out there to Moses. Like, I'm going to make you like the next Jacob, basically. That that uh, we're going to start over with Israelites. And it's going to be you who... You know, okay. All of the nations of the world, or whatever, comes from you. Oh, oh! He was ready to hit the reboot, right? Button, yeah. Because they made some gold cows. Not, not like, not like wipe out the world, but wipe out Israelites yeah. and start and over start with over. Israelites. Yeah. yeah. He's like, this didn't go as well as I wanted it to. Maybe it was all my interfering. I don't know though. <laughs> right? Yeah. Let's um, try again. But Moses. Talks God down out of it. It actually says, then the Lord relented. And uh, Moses turned and went down, took the tablets, goes down the mountain, sees the calf and all the dancing, and his anger burned. And he threw the tablets, and they broke into pieces. Mm, doesn't seem good. No. And then he grabs the calf, burns it in fire, which wouldn't in theory, melts it down. But then he grinds it into a powder. Grinds gold into a powder? Apparently. You- I don't know. I mean, you like you can like get today. powdered gold. Right. But um, That was taking a long time. Grounds it into powder, scatters it on the water, and makes the Israelites drink it. I think you can ingest gold. Yeah, I mean, you can. Yeah, yeah it's just a weird thing to do. Right. I don't understand why... Why eat all these steps? Eat your mistake. Right. <laughs> then he says to Aaron, what did these people do to you? Which I yeah. like that line. Aaron is like, uh, you know, don't be angry. Uh, you, you were, you know, you were God for a while. And they were like, make me gods. And I was like, just give me some gold and we'll melt it down. And then this calf just came out of it. It was really weird. <laughs> So Moses sees all these people running around all crazy and everything. And Moses stands at the entrance of the camp and he says, whoever is for the Lord, come to me. And all the Levites rallied to him. And it's very interesting that it's the Levites who rally to him because the Levites are the priestly tribe, mm-hmm. the tribe of that will become the only people who are allowed to be priests. Okay. Then he said to them, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, each man strap a sword to his side, go back and forth through the camp from one end to the other, each killing his brother and friend and neighbor. 
The Levites did as Moses commanded, and that day about 3,000 of the people died. Then Moses said, You have been set apart to the Lord today, for you were against your own sons and brothers, and he has blessed you this day. He blessed you because you killed people in his name, basically. Yes. Your own people. Yeah. Just because they're kind of like... And they just go back and forth, just hacking away at people. It's real fucked up. It's crazy. So, you know, lesson learned, I guess. So that's that's how he talked God into letting him go back and God not smiting everybody. I guess, except there's never that conversation there. No, but one can infer, like, since those are the instructions, that he was like, whoa, God, don't kill everybody. Right. I'll go figure out who to kill and we'll kill them, but, like, there's some good people down there. Right, I guess. We don't want to kill everybody. Yeah. So Moses uh, goes back to the Lord, I think, like, the next day and asks, you know, forgive their sin and God's basically like, yeah, I'm not forgiving, forgiving, but we're going to just kind of keep trucking along here. Yeah, we've so. wasted a lot of time. You keep walking up and down a mountain. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he says, now go lead your people. Um, and then, it, But it also says that the Lord struck the people with a plague. It doesn't say what the plague was. I would imagine it's probably from ingesting a bunch of gold. It might have been. gold poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God then says, um, I will send an angel before you and drive out Chappage, right? The Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hevites, and Jebusites. The angel's going to come drive Drive them them all out like cattle. Yeah, which is not exactly how it works out, but yeah. Um, But I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you on the way. So God's like, I'm not going to go with you. I'm just sending the angel. Yeah. Because I might kill you, people. You drive me nuts. <laughs> I hate you so much. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I, I do like later. He goes, I will decide what to do with you. <laughs> <laughs> Very no angry one, parent. I, well, yeah. yeah. No wonder, like, you hear about, especially way back in the day, like, parents using the Bible as a rule for discipline and how to discipline their children. Yeah. Yeah, just picture God like rubbing his temples. Like, <laughs> God, what did I do? I just wish I could hit reboot. I don't think it'll go any better, though. <laughs> Didn't do anything last time. <sighs> yeah. If you're a small business owner, you've got a lot to manage. Employees, supply chains, vertical integrations, businessing like that can be hard. But what doesn't have to be hard is quickly and cheaply sending mail. That's why we recommend God. Backed by the Matthew 2121 guarantee, if you believe hard enough, you can send packages all over the country. We use God for all the things that we mail. What I love is how easy it is. You just put your package on your front porch, no mailing label needed. Then you pray it ends up where it needs to go. Within a day or two, it's always gone. And then the most important part, you have faith. God took it to where it needed to go. Use promo code BSFA at checkout to receive a free digital scale. Unsure how much prayer your A3 envelope or 50 pound package needs? 
With the free digital scale, you will know exactly the right amount of worship Yahweh needs to get your stuff to your customers on time. Shipping only available in the continental United States, the only country God cares about. And then it talks a little bit about the tent of meeting, which is a tent that Moses would set up. Uh, People could come to the tent to ask about the Lord. um, And Moses would meet with God there. Uh, As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Uh, The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Oh, so God would come down and chill. Yeah. But, but the, so the cloud was like his vehicle? I guess it was, yeah. I don't know. But nobody else could see God. Well, people could see the cloud. But not God. Face to face. Right. As far as we know, no. Yeah. Again, very convenient for most. But that's what's weird, though, is it says all this about seeing him face to face. And then earlier it talked about him with the elders talking with God face to face there. But then it says that Moses, Moses starts, according to the footnotes, starts getting bold about this. It, he, he basically is saying, like, you have to show me yourself in all your glory. So this is where everybody says that God, nobody could see God up to this point. Okay. Right? Actually see God. Right. For some reason. But then God says to him, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, Yahweh, in the, your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. <laughs> but he said, you cannot see my face for no one may see me and live for some reason. It's impossible for God to so allow like, anybody to see his face. Right. There's no trick he has to like fix that face. Right. Apparently. Yeah. It's that ugly. Just needed a really good like <laughs> YouTube makeup tutorial. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of a smoky eye. <laughs> right. Nice lipstick. Some uh, Trixie Mattel. Yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> then the Lord said, "There will there's a place near me where you may stand on a rock. Uh, when my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft in the rock. And cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back. But my face must not be seen. (laughs) This whole thing. (laughs) So he's going to put him in a rock. And as God walks by, he's going to put his hand over Moses's face. Until he's passed by Moses. And then he's like, look at my ass. Yeah. Yeah. Why not just walk? backwards and then shift and then walk forwards. Why walk at all? Why not just show your back and then leave? Why, why can't you show your face? But also like you're God. If you don't want to show anybody your face, like if Moses is bitching about it, just be like, fuck off Moses. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you know what I can do right now? Yeah. Don't be a little bitch. The whole thing is just weird. Um, so then God says to Moses, chisel out two stone tablets um, I will write down the words that were on the first tablets, which you broke. Oh, so he's, he's gonna, fixing his yeah, mistake. Yeah, he's going to replace them, basically. Yeah. Um, God's got to be exhausted with Moses by now. 
I mean, he's putting in some time on this guy. Yeah. He just let so much happen on its own prior to this. I, I don't feel a lot of sympathy for God because God is kind of making his own problems. Well, with of a course, lot of this. obviously. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. But it's just so weird. Like it does, it seems very exotic. It's like, again, like he goes down and he breaks the tablet and God's probably up at the top of the mountain like, <sighs> yeah. All right. We we'll needed those. Them. Yeah. I wrote them on stone yeah. with my finger. Like right. I'm God, but do you know how hard that is? Right. Like I have no fingernails left. <laughs> and then you just broke them because you saw a golden calf. Right. Like overreaction. I'm going to use my toes this time. Overreaction <laughs> to the golden calf. That's all I'm saying. Right. Like, hey, do, wasn't there a thing I had you build to put these in? <laughs> See, if, I, if you just let me destroy all the Israelites, we wouldn't need these tablets. Why didn't you just go put them in the thing first? Right. Ugh, fine, I'll do them again. This is the last time. Yeah. Um, and then he passed in front of Moses proclaiming Yahweh, Yahweh. <laughs> It is ridiculous. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. Sorry. <laughs> Proclaiming Yahweh, Yahweh, the compassionate and gracious God, <laughs> slow to anger. Abounding in love <laughs> and faithfulness. Let me walk by and tell you all the things I love about myself. <laughs> <laughs> and the last thing you're going to see is my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Maintaining love to thousands. Oh, that's not a lot. No, considering there's millions of yeah. Jews. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation. That's what God says as he passes <laughs> as he's by. by. Yep. I'm awesome. Here I am. I'm awesome. Super awesome. Super duper awesome. But FYI, don't fuck up because your grandkids are going to suffer. Right. <laughs> here's my ass. And here's my ass. <laughs> so uh, there's all that. And then we get the little known second Ten Commandments. There's a second Ten Commandments? There's a second Ten Commandments. So there's 20 Commandments. Sort of. I mean, a or couple of these just a, rehashes a couple, of the A couple first? of these are the same, but most of them are not. Okay. I, you're right. I've not, never heard. Yeah, and they're not labeled as the second Ten Commandments, but they are totally a second set of Ten Commandments okay. that are in the Bible. So it starts off, and I'm just there's there's details behind these, but I'm just going to list off the like the main point of each one. Um, number one, 
do not worship any other gods. We know yep. that one. Number two, don't make idols. We know that one. Uh, number three, celebrate the festival of the unleavened of unleavened bread. Um, and it talks about what that should be. Number four, the first offspring of every womb belongs to me. So consecrating the firstborn, which he's talked about before. Number five, no what if one. If it's a woman, a female child, is it just male children? Uh, the first offspring of every womb belongs to me, including the firstborn males of your livestock. So I think it's specifically males. Okay. Number five, no one is to appear before me empty-handed, which is right? convenient. Yep. Uh, number six, six days you shall labor, but on the seventh day you shall rest, the Sabbath. Number seven, um, celebrate the festival of weeks and then also the festival of ingathering. Number eight, do not offer the blood of a sacrifice to me along with anything containing yeast. Yet again, yeast is bad. Wait. So, you can, he can't have blood and yeast, right? But he can have blood or yeast, or just no yeast. I I don't think it's any yeast. I don't. It's a really weird yeah rule here. But uh, the number nine, bring the best of your of the first fruits of your soil uh, to the house of the Lord your God. So basically, feed the priests. Feed the priests. Yeah, when you're offering. Offer the first fruits yeah. Yeah, of your soil. And then number 10, do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. Oh. It's morbid. Yeah. but Don't cook a baby goat in it, the milk of its mother? Yeah. Did they do that? Probably. So that means you had to take the baby, milk the mom, and then boil the baby. Which you would probably have the mom for milk anyway. Right. You know, yeah, that would yeah, be the yeah. purpose of the goat. Sure. But then like the male goats, you might, Cook you might use those, yeah, for in, food. In the milk of the goat. Yeah. So so very, those are the- so, Very specific rule. I know. Yeah. So <clears throat> these are the, te- the second set of 10 commandments. And we know that because Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. So this is another set of 40 days and 40 nights in theory, or it's the same story told twice. Okay. And he wrote on the tablets, the words of the covenant, the 10 commandments. He labeled it the 10 commandments, okay. basically. Right? Moses did? Yeah. I thought God wrote them with his finger. That was the first set. Oh. Yeah. Um. And then when he came down from the mountain, this is kind of an interesting thing. His face was radiant, as in like glowing. Moses' face? Yeah, and it freaked everybody out. And they <laughs> wouldn't go near him. <laughs> well, no shit. Yeah. To the point where he needed to put a veil over his face. Oh, my goodness. That's so, that's, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, but whenever he entered the Lord's presence to speak with him, he removed the veil until he came out. And then when he came out and told the Israelites what he had been commanded, they saw his face was radiant. Then Moses would put the veil back over his face until he went in to speak with the Lord. So God was giving him like Dr. Radiation. Manhattan cancer, right? <laughs> Radiation yeah, poisoning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's totally what it seems like, yeah. Are we, are we, are we, are we sure that God wasn't just uranium? 
And Moses was going through some real toxic shit. I know. <laughs> but this, yet another thing that feeds into that conspiracy theory of like the Ark of the Covenant was actually a radioactive device right. or something like that. <laughs> Obviously, that doesn't make any sense still, but. Right. And then we skip through some more chapters because they talk about like building all the stuff, like the actual building of the Ark. And then um, right, we'll, we'll just cover the last few verses of, of Exodus here where it says, then the cloud covered the tent of meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could not enter the tent of meeting because the cloud had been, had settled on it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle in all the travels of the Israelites. Whenever the cloud lifted from above the tabernacle, they would set out, but if the cloud did not lift They did not set out until the day it lifted. So the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle by day and fire was in the cloud by night in the sight of all the Israelites during all their travels. That's just how it wraps up. Kind of a lackluster ending. Yeah, but also like, don't travel when the cloud's on the ground. Wait until the cloud lifts before you travel. Yeah. And really, like, I kind of feel like especially the end of the book of Exodus really speaks to setting up the book of numbers, which is going to be like them actually traveling and conquering land and stuff like that, you know? Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of a weird ending for it. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Whole thing's weird. Yeah. So we, we have it. That's how Exodus ends. That's how Exodus ends. Yep. Um, and we are doing pretty good on time. So I actually have, we can talk about like the one interesting story in Leviticus. There's only one interesting story yeah. in Leviticus. So Le- I feel like people talk about this chapter all the time though. This book? Whatever. <laughs> it's, it's interesting to me how it just, like, it's I'm never really going to call it a book. It's a tough thing to get. Get around because it's but, a chapter in a book. Yeah, yeah, in the book of the Bible. Yeah, yeah, but it's a book in the book of the Bible. Yes, and the little pieces of it are called chapters. chapters. Yeah, like yeah, yeah wherever it's, Those wherever there's a big number, that's a paragraph. But it covers all this. That's paragraphs. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yes, in the chapter of Leviticus. <laughs> You can keep correcting me. That's fine. Yeah. It's just never going to stick. Right. I don't I have it. space in my brain to store that stuff. <laughs> That's fine. <clears throat> On purpose. So yeah, <laughs> the book of Leviticus is a uh, collection of regulations. Okay. We, let's call them. Oh, that's why people refer to it all the time. Kind of, yeah. But it's it's all, it lists off all this stuff about what goes into a sin offering as opposed to a guilt offering and how you uh, go about preparing priests for being priests and all this kind of, again, very anal stuff. It's a very anal book. It's What's very, the difference between a sin, sin and guilt? Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when if you committed That's a how sin, they get you going both ways yeah. on this. Like, Because not only do you have to make a sin offering, then you have to make an offering for the guilt you feel about it. But what if you don't feel guilt for it? <laughs> I don't know. Then maybe you're fine. <laughs> What if you feel guilt for something you didn't, for something that wasn't a sin, you right. know? And it's like. But should you feel guilty for something that wasn't a sin? Right. 
So it's a really interesting book. And honestly, I haven't dug too deep into this stuff. Like there might be like something interesting behind the differences between these. I don't know. But it is just a lot of like, and then you splash the blood on the horns of the altar and you, you know, burn the such and such and blah, Mm. blah, blah. And then you burn incense and, you know, it's a lot of steps and stuff like that. Yep. Um, There is a biblical uh, scholar who I have been um, watching a lot of interviews he's done for the biblical history episode. And he talked about Leviticus in an interesting way where he said, um, you know, it is a beautifully written book. It's something most people just kind of skip over, but it is a beautifully written book. We're just not trained to read a book like that, like in this day and age. It's kind of like a really well-written Typewriter typewriter manual. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't really apply to anybody and, but it's well-written, you know? Right. Uh, So it was an interesting perspective on it. But anyway, there's one interesting story in this. Okay. And it involves uh, Aaron and his two sons that went up on the mountain earlier. Um, Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu. Okay. uh, Took their censers. Don't ask me what put them in fire and added incense and they offered unauthorized fire before the Lord. Well, censers are, would be the thing that you put the incense in. Yeah. Uh, so they offer, they offer unauthorized fire before the Lord. So I think the, the idea is they put in the wrong incense. Okay. Uh, so fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them and they died before the Lord. Moses then said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke of when he said, among those who approach me, I will be proved holy. In the sight of the people, I will be honored. Aaron remained silent. (laughs) (laughs) Moses summoned Michelle, M-I-S-H-A-E-L. Yeah, I think. Yeah, Michelle. Michelle. And Elzaphan, sons of Aaron's uncle, uh, and I'm just skipping his name <laughs> and said to them, come here, carry your cousins outside the camp away from the front of the sanctuary. So they came and carried them still in their tunics outside the camp as Moses ordered. Then Moses said to Aaron and his sons, uh, Elizar and Ithamar, do not let your hair become unkempt. Do not tear your clothes or you will die and the Lord will be angry with the whole community. Basically, don't grieve for them. Uh, But your relatives, all the Israelites, may mourn for those the Lord has destroyed by fire. Do not leave the entrance to the tent of meeting, or you will die, because the Lord's anointing oil is on you. So they did as Moses said. And that's pretty much the story. Like, There's a little bit more to it, but it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But... It's just this really crazy story about Aaron's sons using the wrong incense. And so God kills them by burning them to death while everybody just watches. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, you've burned incense in this house and I've wanted to kill you. So (laughs) (laughs) I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Some of it's just real stinky. <laughs> Some of it is. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe it was patchouli. <laughs> I mean, that stuff sticks around forever. Right. 
seems like a bit of an overreaction. A little bit, a little bit. Um, By the way, uh, for those interested, that's uh, Leviticus 10. I don't think I mentioned that. I just, I mean, the things that he'll let go versus the things that he kills people for. Yeah. It's just, I can't wrap my head around. Right. Because he lets go of these, like, I mean, they built a false idol. And that's clearly stated not to do. Right. But Moses. In the first set of Ten Commandments. Yeah. And well, the second. It, and even, like, I'm pretty sure he mentions it prior to that. Because he is a jealous God, right? right. That's what he says. Um, and But Moses is able to convince him not to do that. Right. But then these dudes just happen to light the wrong incense. Maybe it all looked the same. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just happened to light the wrong incense and God is like, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> it was fire fingers. It was fire fingers, <laughs> right. Yeah. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Fire fingers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They just go up in flames. And then... Again, that's not a soundboard. That's Lindsay actually <laughs> making those sounds with her mouth. She's very talented. And then and then Moses is like, I'm assuming talking to Aaron. Yeah. And, and, and everyone... And I don't know who else. I can't remember. There's too many of them. Um, he's like, don't leave the tent because you're covered in oil and you also will die. Yeah. Which means like, is there fire surrounding... Or is he just talking about like God is real trigger happy right now? And if he gets you, you're going to go straight up because you're wearing that oil. Yeah. Who knows? (laughs) I don't understand why when God kills somebody, they just don't, they don't just drop dead. Yeah. You know, like. It's not, I mean, it's the same reason why people use torture or like do beheadings, right? You have to strike fear into other people. And that doesn't really happen when they just drop dead. Frodo has a lot to say about this today. Yeah, he does. You're feeling real anti-Semitic today, and I'm going to need you to calm it down. (laughs) (laughs) Go in the living room. (laughs) And then the only other thing I was going to point out from Leviticus was Leviticus 25.44. Your male and female slaves are to come from the nations around you. From them, you may buy slaves. You may also buy some of the temporary residents living among you and members of their clans born into your country, born in your country, and they will become your property. You can bequeath them to your children as inherited property and can make them slaves for life but you must not rule over your fellow Israelites ruthlessly. So, so some you can more only slavery laws. Like local shopping. Yep. Only, it sounds like. Well, no. So you can buy, you, you, your male and female slaves are to come from the nations around you. Okay. So you're supposed to be buying them from the people around you. Right. You can buy Israelites but they, you can't, they're not for life. They're not slaves right, for life. Those, and you can't just treat them like shit. 
Right. But other people you can keep for life. Right. Right. If they're not Israelites. So, but what I'm getting at is like, if the Bible says to get your slaves from the nations around you. Yeah. Then why were slaves gotten? Gotten? Gotten. Gotten. Purchased. Stolen from like overseas later on. Oh, you're talking about like justifying slavery yeah, in America. Yeah. Or even in Eng- England, right? Because slavery started there and they would bring people up from Africa. Right. And, so, and the Middle East. So, I mean, it's not your country. So, I guess like. Yeah, but it's not yeah. around. I mean, I guess you were getting real large with the term around. Yeah. If we're from if around we're, you. Yeah. Yeah. Because it doesn't really say like from around the world, it says from around yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, I I would I would probably interpret that to mean from around the world, you know. If you really wanted to buy slaves, like yeah, if you were the slave owner type. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, obviously, using the Bible as a justification for slavery is uh, is is. You really shouldn't be able to use anything as justification yeah, for slavery. Yeah, like it, it's the term problematic doesn't seem correct, but yeah. <laughs> But, like, obviously, it's dichotomous to a lot of the messages in the Bible. Right. Um, but I, it was. It was used to justify slavery, mm-hmm. um, especially in the United States. Um, so it's just, like, real loose. They, they just, it's another example of, like, a, an, an interpretation just made to fit whatever you want to believe. Right. Yeah. It's unfortunate that apparently God was okay with slavery, but that's yeah. the nature of God, I guess. I guess. I guess. Or, you know, people in power just make up the rules and yes. magically God also believes those same things. Exactly. Magically. Yep. Magically it's delicious. Jesus magic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's the book of Exodus. And the book of Leviticus. Okay. We got through two books. So yeah. that's happy because Exodus was long. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know Arduous. if we'll ever end up, like, at some point, maybe I'll find some other story in Leviticus that'll be interesting. But I think that's pretty much it. Doesn't look like it's a very long one. It's not a very long one, no. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, and definitely stay tuned uh, for next episode when we talk about the biblical history. I have put in a ton of time and energy into into uh, researching this. So hopefully it comes out well. Um, I put zero effort into it and I hopefully I'm still funny. Yes, I'm sure you will. (laughs) It'll be interesting too, because this will be the first one where we're not really going through a a specific Bible story or anything. We're going through like research about it. So, so it'll be an interesting difference. It's, It's likely to be that I'm not as funny because we're going through like actual Hopefully, I don't know. I, I guess I don't know which way your research that you've been reading skews. Like, if, is it is it all like pro Bible? Research? Well, no, I'm, I'm I'm reading like literally what does academia right. say about it? Okay, like if you go towards the Christian, like what stuff supports the Bible, it is all very clearly stuff where it's like they started with one idea in mind and went backwards from there trying to find evidence that supported it. I gotcha. Whereas like 
you look at actual research, they look at the evidence and then they figure out a picture based on that evidence of what happened, you know? Right. Um, they don't start with a conclusion and work their way backwards. They see, they don't even end up at a conclusion. They end up at a place of like, this is what we think mm-hmm. was going on, you know? Right. This is where evidence points to. That's what science is supposed to be. Well, so the scientific method starts with a hypothesis. Starts with a hypothesis, but you are supposed to try and disprove that hypothesis. Yes, that is true. You know, and archaeology is a little bit different. It, it seems like, yeah. you know, but yeah, you don't, you don't just. I mean, you kind of start with a hypothesis where you're like, I think something is buried here. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and then you dig until it it's either turns out there was something or buried there was here, something there. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, stick, stay tuned for uh, the next episode. Uh, I think it'll be a really good one. Um, I'm looking forward to just getting it off our plate. So, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> so, look forward to that. Yeah. <laughs> As always, they all lived miserably ever after. Thank you for listening to the show. If you want to show your support, think about picking up some merch from our online store at BibleStoriesForAtheists.com slash shop or BSFA.cc slash shop. You had to throw that vocal burn in there, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. yeah. Real proud of yourself. I feel like it does a good I'm job. I'm sexy of, with my vocal burn. I feel like. <laughs> Ooh, listen to how sexy I am. <laughs> I feel like it does a good job of leading into the. It does. <laughs> so sexy. <laughs>